0: you're listening to a Fat Cat Media podcast. This is the road less traveled, presented by Nikki Shay. The road less A warm welcome to you. It's Nikki Shea back in the seat. Welcome to the Road Less Travelled, an Australian podcast which documents and captures, I guess, what we could say is the Australian spirit of travel, discovery, and adventure. And each week you can join myself, where together we'll experience adventures all around Australia. And as we know, there's always a story involved as each week we're out about caravanning, four wheel driving, fishing, camping, gold, detecting, cooking, exploring places, history, and visiting destinations, all rolled into each episode. This is a self-funded independent podcast and we'd love your support. And if you've got something that we should feature review, discover or explore drop us a line you can do that by emailing me fatcat at iinet.net.au you can also follow us on social media through Facebook and Instagram as well and our website which is fatcatmedia.com.au there you can catch up with all the episodes of season 1 and into season 2 what we're up to at the moment this week's episode I thought we'd look at a trip that we did not so long ago from Sydney down to Canberra if you want to find out More about some great trips that you can do from Sydney. You can follow what we did when we went on the Sapphire Coast from Sydney down the coast, obviously through uh, Ulladulla down to um, Nowra, Port Campbell, all down through there, ending up at down through Marimbrilla and ending up at Eden. You can check that one out. That was the Sapphire Coast episode 24 of season one. If you want some more information on Sydney, Just check out episode number 10 of season two of the Road Less Travelled podcast. You can find both of those episodes via Apple, also Google uh, Podcasts as well as iHeartRadio and Spotify, or you can check out fatcatmedia.com.au with the backlog of all our episodes of the podcast. And just a reminder too that some of these communities have been impacted by bushfire, drought, lockdown and flood. So make sure that you check the status of roads and places to plan your visit well before setting off. That's just a little disclaimer. Our road trip Sydney to Canberra. The nation's capital may be best known for its political dramas, but Canberra really is also very much abound with attractions for travellers who may not want to stray too far from Sydney. Now, Canberra is an absolute goldmine for those who know where to look and has been lauded as one of the best for fabulous food, burgeoning bar scenes, excellent coffee, stunning natural surrounds, great shopping and world-class galleries and museums. They are all perfectly good reasons to head southwards from Sydney and discover all that Canberra has to offer. And the national capital is your ultimate destination on this particular road trip, but it also detours to one of the country's great repositories of native plant species into the lush and lovely southern highlands of New South Wales and stops in a historical haven in the Yass Valley. So we thought we'd break up the the road trip as you refuel in Sydney and then take the Campbelltown Bully Camden exit off the M5 then you turn right on the Norellon Road to discover the state's newest and also the nation's largest botanic gardens which is the Australian Botanic Gardens Mount Annan. It's the native plant garden of Sydney's Royal Botanic Gardens and it's 416 hectares and they comprise a myriad themed garden areas and natural tracks of endangered vegetation including the Cumberland Plain Woodland and the Western Sydney Dry Rainforest and when you tire of inspecting wonderful wattle, the beautiful banksies and the marvellous mallows, you can sit by the lake there and watch the bird life or enjoy an early morning coffee at the malaluka house. Here you'll find an excellent playground with a flying fox if you've got youngsters on board. That's for stop one. It's about uh, an hour and 15 minutes out of Sydney, about 70 k's. Now, stop two was for us, it was boutiques, galleries and pies at Boweral. You travel back on to the M5 and towards the southern highlands, your next port of call starting at Barrel. Now, the best month of the year to travel in this region is undoubtedly June. And why? And that's because it is pie time. This month-long meat pie festival is worthy of a road trip in itself. Now in barrel make sure you check out the award winning tunnel mushroom and mince pie at the gum nut patisserie plus a hugely tempting array of sugary goodies and sausage rolls. Now cricket lovers should head straight to the Bradman Museum, the International Cricket Hall of Fame, to worship at the altar of the town's most famous son. What is here at the Bradman Museum, the International Cricket Hall of Fame? Well it's the definitive world cricket visitor experience, I guess I can pretty much sum it up. Um, Incredible cricketing footage from all around the world. There's interactive touch screens, fascinating memorabilia and really absorbing stories from cricketing greats. These are just a few of the exhibits that will keep you entertain for hours it's set in beautiful surrounds of the Bradman Oval and includes a gift store as well the Bradman Museum and International Cricket Hall of Fame currently comprises a range of engaging galleries so make sure that you go and visit there's the Bradman Gallery which of course Sir Donald Bradman is the only Australian cricketer to receive a knighthood for services to the game His batting average of 99.94 makes his test batting achievements nearly twice that of the nearest test batsman. You can find out more about the man behind the bat, discover the life and the accomplishments of the done in the new and interactive Bradman Gallery. If you're new to cricket, your first stop in the Bradman Museum and International Cricket Hall of Fame will get you acquainted with the basics of the game. There's interactive exhibits which help you learn more about fielding positions, batting strokes and bowling techniques too. For spectators, well, England's barmy army, the Australia's fanatics, the New Zealand at big grade, enthusiastic spectators, which create the wonderful atmosphere at cricket matches. You can meet some of the cricket tragics there and find out why the game is so important to them. There's also uh, other displays such as cricket and the media, the world of cricket, and the science of cricket too. Plus, many, of course, using memorabilia, photos, etc., and statistics. The greats of the grain, off the grain greats of the game where visual visual footage you can learn more about the best players of all time from all eras and find out more by visiting the international cricket hall and you can find more they've got a website as well but make sure that you do check out the bradman museum there but for those who are less sporting minded it would be advised to head straight to the main drag bong bong street which has a great assortment of boutiques galleries cafes bookshops and the circa 1915 empire cinema Awesome little place. You can check out the Milk Factory Gallery in Station Street, and there are 75 vintage and antique dealers to discover at Dirty Jane's in Banyette Street, plus the very schmick vintage occasion tea salon. Corbett Gardens, which is on the corner of Merry Gang and benduli Streets, is the centerpiece of a famous tulip time festival, which is held every September but is equally pretty out of tulip system as, as chul, tulip season as well. You can also check out the famous cricket grounds there too at uh, at Bowral. Now, for stop three, we decided to head to Fitzroy Falls, about 25 minutes, 24 k's, and that was after all that retail and food therapy. You drive south to Mossvale and then take the Nowra Road to visit one of the Highlands' prettiest attractions, which is Fitzroy Falls in the Morton National Park. You can start in the award-winning visitor centre there when you can bone up on all your Aboriginal history and local flora and fauna. There's a short boardwalk link, and that links the centre to the falls, but if you interested in a little bit more movement you can take the um, east rim wildflower or the west rim walking tracks there too the format sort of encompasses the eucalyptus forest the woodlands rainforest and there's heaps and heaps of wildflowers the latter traces the edge of the escarpment with lookouts providing plenty of dramatic views as well and to make sure you take the cameras Stop 4 was a hike, um, some of the trails at Bundanoon, which is about 30 k's, 30 minutes away. And you return to Mossvale and then take the A48 towards your last stop in the Highlands, which is Bundanoon. Now this is a charming, it is a charming little village, it's famous for two things, as the site of the annual Brigadoon Highland Gathering Festival, which of course is a celebration of all things Scottish, that's held every April, and it's also been the first town in New South Wales to ban the sale of bottled water. But you can wet your whistle at the 1922 Tudor-style Bundanoon Hotel and make sure you take the level crossing at Bundanoon Railway Station to get there. This place has two hectares of manicured gardens as well as a really decent bistro too. For the more active-minded folks, take one of the eight gently-paced walks that makes up the local Bundanoon Rambles, and there are more serious trails at Moreton National Park with a one-hour return Ferry Bower Falls walking track, which offers absolutely spectacular views. They are Instagram-worthy, and they are absolutely fantastic. Now, about an hour and a half away, 142 k's. it's time to start bidding the Southern Highlands farewell as you start to head out on the Penrose Road Highlands Way to join up with the Hume Highway for the village of Gundaroo. You can take the Shingle Hill way off the highway to get there and it's classified by the National Trust. Walking along Cork Street you can take in the 19th century cottages, the slab huts and the buildings including the Royal Hotel and you can get, um, it's also there, it's a home to a a really great regional restaurant known as Grazing's. This is also wine country too. The Gundog Estate has award winning cellar doors at the main street while Josh as Fault is on the Murr and Bateman Road just outside town, but visits are by appointment only. Stop 6 for us was about 30 minutes away, 40 k's, when you head west on Lot Street towards Cork Street for a 30-minute drive south towards Quinbian. It's the gateway to the snowy mountains and the nation's capital, and this charming country town can often be much overlooked. But I must say with its historic buildings, these patrol heritage and position between the Mongolongo and the Quimbian rivers, Quimbian has its own distinct personality and it really deserves exploration. After almost a day cooped up in the car, I recommend a self guided Quimbian Heritage Walk which is perfect for stretching the restless legs, and you can also discover significant sites from the eighteen hundreds that have shaped the area into what it is today. Then the Queen Elizabeth park is the ideal place to relax on the banks of the Quimbian River while watching the kids try and dodge the jet streams in the wet play area. This park also hosts a market everyone's offers include homemade honey, artisan breads, local wines and of course all the in-season produce as well as the normal crafts, jewellery and candles. Before jumping back into the car drop into the riverbank of Quimbian Cafe for a little treat from their all-day snack menu. Stop seven, about seventeen uh what was about seventeen minutes thirteen K's away, it's uh, ten K's from the Quimbian district via the old Coom foreshores. It's a paradise for lovers of the outdoors and there you can do bird watching, bushwalking, mountain bike riding, sailing, fishing and picnicking are very popular activities with locals and visitors alike. So make sure that you visit the Gugong Dam and the London Arch london bridge arch which is a natural limestone wonder which was thorn formed thousands of years ago stop eight arm uh, it's about half an hour away you can dine and unwind by new head into canberra back on the old cooma road take south bar road and canberra avenue for an easy half hour drive to your final destination after a full day out on the road, you'll no doubt want to check in your accommodation, so make sure you eat and rest before a new day of exploring. And as evening closes in, there are plenty of great eateries to consider, including the delicious four course menu at the fine diner Ambergini in Griffith, while Mork's on the foreshore at Kingston offers ex- an excellent rather contemporary tie. For those who want a little bit of history and grandeur weaved into their stay, the beautifully restored Hotel Curryong offers old-world charm with a contemporary twist, which is just a short stroll from Parliament. Or alternatively, the Medina Service Departments in Canberra is located in the heart of the city. That also has a gym and outdoor pool as well. Plus, there's other options such as the comfort uh, Ibis-styles, Canberra Eagle Hawk is the gateway to the ACT region, provides the ideal, I guess, for soil complete with free roaming kangaroos who visit daily. The property provides spacious and casual resort style atmosphere. Now, while Ibis Styles Tall Trees Canberra offers a four-star experience in a fresh contemporary setting, elegant accommodation is available in Canberra. There is accommodation including oversized executive, deluxe and family hotel rooms, stylish standard rooms in convenient and quiet locations, motels, B&Bs and of course caravan and camping as well. You're listening to the Road Less Travel podcast with me, Nikki Shea. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, we'll find out more about our road trip from Sydney to Canberra as we explore the nation's capital. You're listening to the Road Less Travel. We'll be back with more in just a moment. Fat Cat Media has over 25 years within motorsport media and marketing. Fat Cat Media has the proven knowledge and expertise to help your next event. We have a variety of services available. They are including West MX Coaching and Development Schools where we conduct schools and clinics across various metropolitan and country clubs throughout Australia. We cater our motocross coaching from beginners right through to intermediate junior riders. The coaching clinics are solely created and catered and also designed for smaller numbers to effectively support each rider and hone in on their particular requirements. Whilst our schools are designed for two days right through to five day camps with multiple Motorcycling Australia accredited coaches giving individual coaching, drills, training, development and feedback throughout the duration. Our prices for coaching start at $150. With consultancy and advice, Fat Cat Media creates and caters for a variety of platforms whether it be as a racer or for those within the motorcycle and motorsport industry. Have you considered the future? It is important to focus on what's ahead. Well, is it? Absolutely yes. How do you expect to move forward if you have no benchmark, no goals, no achievements and no strategic plan and direction on how to achieve your goals in the industry? It's mind-bogglingly crazy how folks will fork out thousands of dollars on motocross bikes, equipment and gear yet have no clear plan on how to execute execute their racing year. Prices start at $130. Be inspired with our seminars and motivational speaking. We really enjoy and receive a lot of satisfaction and overwhelming feedback in conducting seminars. This involves giving motivational speeches and inspiring people to challenge themselves and become better at what they want to become better at. Relying on years in the media plus a life-changing health issue, Nikki will challenge and transform her audiences. If you truly and honestly wanna help someone reach their true potential, stop answering all their questions and solving all their problems. Prices start at $130. With over 15 years commentating throughout Western Australia and Australian motocross and motorsports, Fat Cat Media prides itself on providing sound industry knowledge plus versatile media experiences and our commentators can interpret what's happening on and off the track with reliable information obtained from within the industry, when it happens and as it happens. Fatcat Media's trackside commentators have the ability to develop a perspective on the subject through research, experience, interviews, and of course by attending events. Prices start at $150. Do you have a race resume? Step 1 of obtaining sponsorship is a race resume and writer biography. Take advantage of our professional writing and massive mailing list of media outlets and sporting companies. You can complement this with professional photography, video or audio clips to send out to potential sponsors or partners. Whilst we do not go out and obtain sponsorship for you, a race resume is the first step for you to build relationships and foster ongoing partnerships with potential sponsors. Prices start at $150. For further information, head to fatcatmedia.com.au or drop us an email, fatcat at iinet.net.au. The Road Less Travelled podcast is a proudly Australian, fiercely independent podcast, hosted and produced by me, Nikki Shea, for Fat Cat Media. We receive no corporate payments, which means we rely on self-sufficient financial support. If you can and are able to, we would love you to support us via Patreon. Listen to the Road Less Travelled podcast on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts and iHeartRadio. You're listening to the Road Less Travelled podcast with Nikki Shea. This week's edition of the podcast, of course, is our road trip from Sydney to Canberra. So we've made it to Canberra, the nation's capital. Whether you're a cultural connoisseur, a nature lover or a foodie, you'll find plenty to do and no traffic jams to slow you down in a rapidly evolving Canberra. The highlights where you can take in views from Red Hill, browse the National Portrait Gallery, try a great coffee at Lonsdale Street Roasters, enjoy sunset cocktails at Mine Garden Bar and, of course, find great shopping in the Ori building. Word is out, though, in recent years, uh, humble National Capital has transformed into one of Australia's most surprising and compelling urban destinations and it's getting better every day. Fast-growing Canberra still boasts the world-class museum and galleries that have been drawing visitors for decades, but now there's a truly impressive food center a thriving independent arts community and an increasing array of comfy accommodation options too an easy three-hour drive from sydney it's a brilliant weekend destination with an abundance of wildlife and unspoiled tracts of bushland it is the perfect place to decompress and that's what we did in a city that's populated by university students ambition, ambitious sort of government players too it's perhaps no surprise that the coffee there is serious business and it is seriously good you can start like I did by checking out two of the best caffeine of caffeine ca- caffeine purveyors, the first of which is the very hip Lonsdale Street Roasters which kickstarted Canberra's in-house bean roasting trend about five years ago. And then there's the locals' favourite the cupping room which is on the fringe of the Australian National University and this specialises in single origin coffee and also does a mean French toast with rhubarb, strawberries and caramelized coconut cream. Yeah. <laughs> The restaurant scene has a lately really grown at a staggering pace. Some of the busiest venues are in New Acton, which is a trendy sort of enclave sandwiched between the university and the lake. At the cozy Moken and Green Grout, everything is cooked in an island kitchen in the centre of the dining room, so you can see the dishes such as broccolini served with uh, gorgonzola, buttermilk uh, radishes, sm- smoked almonds, and smoked almonds rather all taking shape in front of you. Now, pastry addicts should not miss a, a baker, which supplies baked goods for most of the area, and that is what it's called a dot baker. Canberra's cool bar scene is one of its best-kept secrets. For sunset cocktails, you can head to the Mint Garden Bar, which uses its own herbs grown on site. And nightcaps should be taken at the Bar of Rochford, which is hidden in the first floor of the city's historic Melbourne building. So, if you want to be the hip and happening kind of people, where do you go to play in Canberra? Well, Floriade is an annual, month-long celebration of spring in the heart of Australia's capital, which sees almost five hundred thousand visitors. That's five hundred thousand visitors flock to Canberra during September and October to take in the sea of flowers, which is alongside Lake Burley Griffith in Commonwealth Park. It features more than one million blooms, and Floriade has earned the title of the largest flower festival in the Southern Hemisphere. And it also includes a program of horticultural workshops, music and entertainment. And it's no secret that Canberra is full of heavy-hitting cultural institutions, all of, of course which are, are worth visiting. But if your time in town is limited or you want to avoid the crowds, consider skipping the bigger venues and opting instead for something like the National Portrait Gallery. Its permanent collection is compact yet hugely entertaining, and its temporary exhibitions lean towards the unusual. Afterwards, you can stroll along Lake Burley Griffith to the National Gallery Garden, which is an often overlooked gem that really inspires feelings of awe and serenity in equal measure. For a dose of nature and great views of the surrounding hills head to the locals secret which is Red Hill in the suburb of the same name. From here you can take in the city's monuments and also see for miles over the suburban Woden Valley. If you've got kids in tow you can try the National Arbitorium for great outdoor walks and activities including the Pod Playground. You can tap into the vibrant contemporary art scenes at Ainslie and Gorman Art Centres, which twin institutions are just north of the city centre, and they host a wide range of performances and workshops there too. Or, alternatively, you can head to the leafy suburb of Lynham and catch a gig at the cutting-edge mixed-use art space, The Front Gallery and Café. And if you're still looking for some inspiration, you can do some crazy things like hot hot air ballooning, you can do the Illawarra flywalk, and so much more. Now, if you like shopping, begin your journey at the Hip Braddon, where the Ori building has become a hub of forward-thinking retail folks. You can grab homewares and gifts, many of them locally made, at Brighton Airy Handsome Pretty, where you can find women's wear at Assemblée Project, splash out on runway attire at Rebel Muse, and pick up homemade ice cream at Friggy Dessert Laboratory. Wander over to Landspeed Records. It's a local music institution and also stocks band t shirts and vintage gear as well or further afield in Lakeside, Kingston, you can check out Muse, which is a new bookshop and a cafe hybrid with real sophisticated picks and prized local tomes. If you're in the city on a Sunday, Kingston's old bus depot markets are unmissable for an absolutely mind-blowing array of goods that will appeal to the whole family. And nearby, the shop at the Canberra Glassworks offers a stunning range of unique sort of artisan objects and hosts kid-friendly your own workshops shops there too. If you've got time, take a short drive out of town to Pielago and drop into the gorgeous flagship store of Bizon Home, which is a ceramics and homewares brand with an international following. Plenty of places to stay, hotels, B&Bs, caravan parks as well in Canberra. This is probably my favourite part of Canberra where you can discover the Australian story at Canberra's National Museum. It's well known for its national attractions but culture lovers like myself also thrive within the city's local art scene and heritage sites. Canberra, which I didn't know until we actually visited, is home to 12 of Australia's most iconic cultural attractions, museums and galleries, each of course showcasing a real unique perspective of Australia's story from First Nations history to contemporary times. You can see the largest collection of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander art at the National Gallery of Australia and discover where the big decisions are made at Australian Parliament House. You can also pay your respects to those we lost at the last post ceremony at the Australian War Memorial, one of the most moving things I've ever seen. And you can explore the treasure troves of rare books, maps, manuscripts and photographs at the National Library of Australia. I just did not have enough hours in the day to stay at that place. It's absolutely brilliant. You can see famous Aussies as um, painted at the National Portrait Gallery and learn about the wonderful world of science at Questacon. You can laugh at the best political cartoons of the year at the Museum of Australian Democracy which is at Old Parliament House and you can watch coins being made too that was fascinating at the Royal Australian Mint catch a classic film I really recommend that you head to the National Film and Sound Archive where it was absolutely brilliant and you can learn intriguing stories from Australian history at the National Archives of Australia Now, many of the attractions offer free entry to their impressive permanent exhibitions. Make sure you make time to refuel at their cafes. Pick up a souvenir to remember your trip at their beautifully curated stores. Bringing together a world-class museum, shrine and research centre, the Australian War Memorial tells the stories of men and women who have served and continue to serve our nation in war, conflict and operations. Through exhibitions, tickets to view their galleries and to attend the, last, uh, the daily last post ceremony, I really recommend that you spend ample time checking out some of the cultural icons of Canberra the Royal Australian Mint the National Museum of Australia and of course the fantastic Australian War Memorial and you can also too do things like immerse um, immerse yourself with heritage trails to intimate galleries where you can see the makers in action discovering Canberra's history and creative community is a must on any trip to the capital And you can watch glassmakers create masterpieces in the hot shop at the Canberra Glassworks or you can see Sir Sidney Nolan's iconic paintings at the Canberra Museum and Gallery. Again, take time to explore the art galleries nestled throughout the suburbs that really specialise in everything from photography to screen printing. With exhibitions regularly changing, there's always something new to see. It is a city with a rich heritage. Canberra's local history is on show more than at just the museums. You can take a self drive tour of historic sites, visit original cottages and homes and see the city plans in coming to life with absolute reality. It's fantastic. The Canberra Glassworks is Australia's leading centre for contemporary glass art craft and design it's the only one of its kind in the nation it's housed in the historic kingston powerhouse and you can visit the hot shop to see glass artists in action before seeing masterpieces in the gallery and shop there and you can even try your hand at making a glass tumbler or paperweight in an interactive workshop too so most must see local galleries as well the australian national university school of art and design there's the craft act craft and design center too and there's plenty of self-drive heritage trails And so much more to do. Make sure that you visit Canberra by heading to their website, which is visitcanberra.com.au. Gives you plenty of upcoming events over the next week, up into the next month, and all throughout the rest of the year. So make sure that you jump on there and check it out. Now, if you saw the Australian film, The Dish, and you like your space, make sure you check out the Deep Space Network at the Canberra Deep Space Communication Complex. It was so interactive, and if you're into your space and it's, it's just absolutely fantastic to stand there and look at the communications that they helped, actually, with the 1969 landing of man on the moon. So which dish got the first pictures from the moon? Was it the one at Forbes in, in uh, New South Wales, or it's this one here in Canberra? What's well, Deep Space Station 46, DSS-46. The antenna, which is located closest to the public car park at the front of this complex, brought back the first images of Neil Armstrong stepping onto the moon on the 21st of July 1960. When the antenna received these images, it was located at the Honeysuckle Creek Tracking Station, just at the south of Canberra, and that tracking station was closed in 1981 and its dish was relocated to the station to support deep space missions. This antenna was retired from service at the end of 2009 and it remains here as a permanent monument to those missions of the past and to the hundreds of men and women who worked on them. So the Deep Space Network, it is all funded entirely from NASA's space exploration budget and it's an international network of antennas that supports interplanetary spacecraft missions and radio and radar astronomy observations for the exploration of the solar system and the universe and beyond. This network also supports some sort of selected earth orbiting science missions too and you can actually stand there and watch the communications being happening, you can watch the, the, the at certain times they'll actually move the uh, big dishes around so that it talks to the satellites and you can see them actually uh, beaming it back to earth the, the communications that are going on it's really good. It consists of three deep space communications facilities placed approximately 120 degrees apart from the world near Canberra in Australia, in California at the Mojave Desert and near Madrid in Spain and this sort of strategic placement permits constant observation of spacecraft such as as and that happens as the Earth rotates and it helps make this DSN the largest and most sensitive scientific telecommunication system in the world. And they provide two-way radio contact with dozens of robotic spacecrafts which explore the solar system and beyond. And when they're not sending commands to those probes or receiving the data and the images they collect, the antennas are busy either being checked or having maintenance performed on on them or testing new tracking techniques. It is absolutely brilliant. Four operational antennas are are on site. Really recommend that you check it out in Canberra. It's the Commonwealth Scientific and Industrial Research Organisation, part of NASA as well. And it's just really interesting and fascinating if you're into your space and your space technology. Now, don't forget too, we would love to hear your stories of tales of adventure out on the road. If you've just come back for a trip, if you've got a trip planning or if you've got something in the pipeline that you'd like us to check out for you. Don't forget to drop us a line. You can do that via email, fatcat at iinet.net.au. You can also give me a call or SMS on 042-752-8467 and love to hear from you. That wraps up a very quick trip from Sydney down to Canberra and I trust that you've enjoyed it. It's given maybe wet your appetite to get out there and see some destinations of Australia. Make sure you do it and I hope that you've got that list certainly starting to add up with some destinations and some trips that you've got planned. My name's Nikki Shea, You've been listening to the Road Less Travel podcast, and I hope to catch you somewhere out there very soon on the road. Take care. Talk to you next week. Thanks for listening. Bye for now. Take the road, Thanks for listening. The Road Less Traveled is presented by Nikki Shea and produced by Fat Cat Media.